1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Rock Report. We're back to regular scheduling now that the season has officially begun and hopefully you're all as excited as we are. I'm feeling quite optimistic, I think some of the lads with me today feel the same way, although you never know. We've got James, Walshie, Jimmy and Copley joining me today. How are you all feeling on this fine weekend, lads? Good, Good. yeah, very well. Good. A bit hungover. A bit hungover, you got to be a bit hungover on a Sunday. Well, there's loads to get through, so we've probably started the derby match on Friday. Uh, some real positives for me to take from this game, I think. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll pass it on to Copley. So,
3: Grayson's men, his first out outing. What do you reckon? You impressed? I was impressed. Um, I was extremely pessimistic leading up to the game, with the match being televised. I, I was well on Sky. I was thinking that it could be a bit of a um, a bit of a killer. A defeat would turn the atmosphere a bit toxic, and um, I wasn't really looking forward to the game. But the first ten minutes were played really well. And then we conceded against the runner play. Galloway got caught underneath the ball then he got skinned on the line. And I think Billy Jones lost his man at the back post for a pretty simple goal really. So I felt a bit downhearted after that. And yeah, I predicted before the game that if, um, if we, if they scored first, we'd crumble. So it was refreshing that we didn't and we fought back and we continued to play football and we got back on, um, we got back on a level playing field with them and still continued to pass them. And even Galloway, who who made the mistake for the goal, he seemed to really grow into the game, and he got up in support of McGeady. Who and McGeady was really good as well. There was a lot of inter- like interesting stuff that we saw in the match. Billy Jones looks decent at this level. Um, Honeyman did a job on the right hand side, and I was just impressed by the general general work rate and graft. And there's a there's a clear pattern pattern of play that Grayson's trying to
0: introduce. So on the whole, I feel I feel like like a slight fail good factors back. What about you, James? What do you make of it? Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty solid performance, like plenty of effort and desire. Um, I mean, McGeady, grabbing Kat, Honeyman, they were probably the standouts, I think, for Honeyman, and it's probably the best I've seen him. I thought he, he looked a lot more comfortable on the ball, didn't he? And he, um, he had a bit more time. Um, I'd like to have seen Katty come on in the second half, but I'm sure we'll get round to that later. Um, on a slightly negative side, I mean, you could say that Steele looked a bit shaky in the first half, didn't he? Um, and had Derby actually had a decent striker, maybe that have scored a couple in the second half. I think Chris Martin's almost, almost hit it out the stadium, hasn't he, when he went one-on-one in the second half. Um, but, you know, Derby are a solid championship side, so mm. you've got to say that this season might not be the disaster we were all predicting, or some of us were predicting. Um, I mean, McGeady looks an absolute steal yeah. um, for what we paid for him. I mean, considering the money the likes of Borough are spending, um, he looks, he looks absolute mustard. I think he looks really, really, really good. Um, I'm not convinced by Galloway. I think he, 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 he was really, really poor for the opening goal. Um, but midfield wise, I think, I don't think there's going to be many teams in the championship. We've got a better midfield two or three than we do. Uh, I mean, Lee Catamor was absolutely right. He was, he was good in possession. He's actually quite creative. I mean, he was closing down up into the final third. Um, I, th- I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um and when you've got someone like McGeady, I mean it was it's pretty clear for us all to see that Grayson's plan was get the ball to McGeady as, you know, as early as possible because pretty much everything good that we did came through him. Um and he just looked unplayable at times and he's only gonna get better with more match fitness, isn't he? Um he just looked he had a bit more time. Um if we had a decent striker we'd have I think we'd have won the game. Um Vaughan, he works he works his socks off and he's, he's fairly solid in the air, but you know, he's, he's, he's in dire need of a goal, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, well, he kind of snatched a bit of it, bit of at his attempt in the first half, uh second half, sorry. Um, he almost, you know, a bit like Danny Graham a couple of years ago, he just kind of needs one just almost bouncing off his ass just to kind of get him off the mark, um, get his confidence up. But all in all, I don't think any of us can massively complain. Um, I think Grayson played it pretty, pretty safe. And, um, Thankfully, you know, in the in the in the first half we didn't concede that second and Steele spilt it because it could have turned a bit nasty if, if we if we'd gone two nil down. But you know, all in all, pretty decent um, and certainly a lot of positives to take into uh, later on this week and, and next weekend.
4: Yeah, I I agree with that. I quite enjoyed it actually for a change after the dourness of last year. Uh, it was as as been mentioned. I did worry when we went one 0 down that. We're just going to back, revert, revert back to type. Uh, just you know, started so well, like posit- on the front foot, positive, and then that just a gut punch of a goal. I thought there was, I thought because I was hoping just don't crumble again. But there's a bit more resilience in this team, and it's not. Well, nice change to see is just going straight back at Derby, trying to get this this equaliser, which eventually, which thankfully came and. Luckily, Lewis Graben actually put this one away because I was praying that James Vaughan didn't miss because if it missed another penalty, then it could have killed him. it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hit the net. Also, you know, it's Scott Carson showing him. I thought that was a bit weird, Who showing him the entire goal. I just mm-hmm. thought that was a bit of an odd thing. Just um, just...
1: So on, on that note, Carson, does he not look to anyone else like he's come out of the witness protection program or something like that? Oh, he's Richard like... Keogh. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Keogh looks like he's seen a war crime. Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with him? What's wrong with his eyes? I'm looking at him, I'm like, is that Carson? Oh, it is. Oh, look at that! Yeah. That's why
3: he's such a good keeper. But what yeah. was that he with the flat ball? The, the, well, the flat ball was really weird. Mm. The what? The flat ball in the in the first uh, was the first half. I said, I can't remember." But Carson was saying the ball was flat. Yeah, he threw he it to he threw it to a central defender and the defender gave him the ball back
4: and said stop stop more mm. I think the
1: rest
3: uh, also of anyway carry on sorry sorry.
4: Yeah, no, was all right. Uh, the main thing I took out of that game is there's such there's such a difference between the Premier League and the Championship. We've been worried all all this season. I mean obviously we might still finish bottom of the league with like 10 points but from what I, if that's if Derby is supposed to be one of the better teams then I didn't see much from them to suggest that we've got much worry in this league. Mm. I mean it might be a bit presumptuous, but in dongan and Catamore in that midfield axis look brilliant. The Huddleston apart from that one one pass out to uh, Russell for the goal. He didn't really do anything, and he's he's cost two million quid, which we don't have. Um, and it's, it's, the Gulf is huge, and a, spending forty million on whatever Middlesbrough are doing, I don't think that that's going to get you up. It's just being. Better. I mean, we've got players in that squad that we might think crap, but in the championship, they're going to look good. Like Honeyman, for example. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but he looked really, really decent mm. on um, Friday night. And I don't know if that is a case of he's found his level, or we were just better as a team, or whatever, or Derby just aren't as good as we think they are. And it's just, just the golf is amazing. Say for like the the Chris Martin chance. If that falls to any Premier League striker, that's in, and you've lost. And David Nugent if that wasn't David Nugent say that was I don't know a Premier League striker he's level, he's leathering that in at th- and that's 3-1 good night mm. um, so off the basis of that game I mean we've got a very hard run with Norwich Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds to come I'm not that worried anymore um, yeah so it's quite it was really nice it was a good game to watch exciting um, in a way and didn't get beat and should have won it so yeah
2: really enjoyed it I wouldn't go as far as to say we should have won, but the one thing that was the main positive that's already been touched on is that we came back from 1-0 down. There was a five-minute period where you're wondering, are we going to break? Are we going to capitulate here? And we played better after going a goal down, and that was the main positive. Um, like Walsh said, I think one of the main fun things about being in the Championship this year is that we're going to be competitive every week. I remember sitting on this podcast after we lost to Middlesbrough the second-worst team in the league above, and we looked as if we could have played that game for 12 hours without scoring. And I thought, thank God next year we're at least going to see a Sunderland team that can compete every week, that will have shots every week, Mm. that can at least be competitive. And I feel as if, yes, we saw that on Friday. We saw sort of how we can compete in that league and how we can look good. Um, A couple of things I'd add, a couple of observations, and Dong has to stop shooting. He should be fined if he shoots from further 25 away. I know he scored that brilliant goal against Palace, but he should be fined if he's shooting in those sort of areas. He could have slipped in Honeyman a couple of times, and he just took the worst shots imaginable. I did have one, oh shit, we're playing in the championship moment. It was after about the third ball over the top to Vaughan in the first 10 minutes, I did think, oh God, we're not a Premier League team anymore. I'm going to have to get used to players like Brown in get used to seeing balls hoofed out for throw ins when Premier League players would control them and pass the fullback. That, right? that is true, that is true. We've been we've been awful for a long time, but there was definitely a moment in the game where it was like, Oh yeah, now I remember what the championship looks like. I mean even watching Leeds Bolton today, it was mm. kinda like this Leeds team looked like one of the best teams in this division and there's still nothing special. You know, so
4: Oh sorry. I see you're not know you in the championship Dave Nugent's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. That too.
2: But yeah, no, it was it was it was a very good performance. Um bit concerning the way we've been the last twenty minutes. Bit concerning that yeah, Chris Martin had that golden chance, which would have meant a loss. But all in all, yeah, more positives than negatives.
3: So bring it on. I think it's um it's worth noting as well that Derby are a pretty experienced championship outfit. You've got, as you mentioned, Chris Martin and David David Nugent, who are that level have done well before. And you've also got Andre Wisdom, who just signed for about 4 million. And Scott Carson and Tom Huddleston might be past it, but they're both ex-internationals. At that level, they're decent. So to take a point from Derby in a game in which we're trailed early on, and then Nords had chances to win the game as well. It has to be a positive for me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, for me in particular, I, I took a lot of fight from that game. That's what I saw. I, I agree with what most of you have said. Some of you, some of you mentioned that specifically. There were the way we went at Derby. I mean, yeah, we we no longer have the luxury of saying, "Oh well, it's only Derby." You know what I mean? Because they're on the same lesson and, and as Walshy said earlier. They're, they're actually a decent side. I mean, in a sense, it's great that we can fight against a team like that, and it's great that we can say, Oh well, Derby are one of the better teams in the championship supposed to be And we were essentially bossing most of that game. I don't know though, I think it's still early days, um, with regards to whether or not that's that's actually telling of what they'll be like or what all of the teams the rest of the teams in the championship will be like. We we just don't know, do we really? And there's been some crazy results already. But um yeah, for my part I really enjoyed it and I think I mean we'll we'll talk more about the new transfers and their debuts and things like that later, but as everyone's mentioned oh, fantastic! for me that was the, the main thing I took away from that game um, I, was just, I was watching him play and thinking where have you been all my life basically you know what I mean where where have you been for the last two three years we could have used you in the premiership but um, yeah for, so for the most part I was happy I came away more optimistic than I thought I would be and I think a lot of people did as well I think part of that is to do with um, what was it six years it had been since a manager had won their opening game. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure if one of those was a draw. Actually, to be fair, I'm, I'm not entirely sure on that statistic. But I think we were all expecting that. Do you know what I mean? That's a statistic that was bandied about a lot as well, and that was something I, I really didn't want to have to deal with. But we've got some questions anyway to take us straight into the questions. Now, there's um, a couple of really good ones actually on Twitter um i think i'll start with talking about the actual tactics uh i'll fire this one at you Copley. This is from jordan goling and he's asking not much has been said about the fact we didn't make a sub when we were looking so physically and mentally tired late on any thoughts
3: why what do you make of it mate well we we're talking before the uh, the podcast started and i think grayson was was scared of kind of disrupting the defensive unit um and kind of was happy with the point in the end uh, which opening day of the season to steady the ship after a going a goal down isn't too bad. But I think the game was just crying out for Kasri. Even G of a Soro or the grit of um of Gooch would have uh, would have really helped I think. Um but it's it's a smaller side and uh, Grayson's still feeling his squad out he he's still he's still trying to work out what the cannon can't do on the pitch up. So that- I, th- I would. I was disappointed at the time, but I wouldn't look too much too much into it. He's the manager at the end of the day, and he's he's paid to make these
0: decisions. So the- he- there must have been some thinking behind it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like I- we, I think the- I think ninety percent of fans were sat there thinking we were in dire need of fresh layer. Um, I mean, McGee looked knackered. didn't he? I thought it wouldn't have been too much of a risk to maybe bring Casper on for someone like Aiden McGeady. But you know, if we if he'd have made a change, um, and it left us more open at the back and we conceded, you know, we'd all be, you know, it'd be the end of the world again, you know, we'd been beaten on the opening day of the championship and we're thinking, where do we go from here? So, to play it safe, um, was, was fairly smart. You know, I, I th- I would like to think that once he's got a better understanding of the squad and a better understanding of how this squad's going to perform in this league, you know, he, he'd probably change things around. But at the present moment, it's, it doesn't, none of us know how someone like Kazri would, uh, <clears throat> would, perform at this level. You know, we all think he'd tear them, tear them a new one, but, you know, would he, would he, is it, I actually thought it wasn't as physical as I, as I was expecting. I don't know if that's because Derby, as dan I said before, like, we, we don't know, uh, are they a benchmark of a of a solid championship side or not? I mean, I think they massively missed people like Hughes and Tom Ince because they did lack pace going forward. So it'll be really interesting to see when we go up up against say a Norwich or a Leeds, um, how we do perform. Because you know if we can put in as good or if not better performances against those type of sides, you know we could like, stand a really good chance of of going up. You know I I I think we, there's, there's there's definitely the basis of a really good squad there. So hopefully once we've got a better understanding of how this league works, you know, um, Grayson will be a bit more adventurous um, in those kind of situations.
2: I think it definitely was a mistake. I think we're giving him a pass because he's a new manager. It's probably the biggest game he's managed in, what, seven or eight years. But I do think it was a mistake not to look at Kazarin not to look at Gooch, not to look to freshen it up. Um, Copley, and that's very, very well said in terms of why it was understandable that he didn't make a sub. But I do think mm. it was a mistake. Just to circle back to Derby quickly, mm. it might be my natural skepticism and cynicism, but I do wonder if they're a team that we match up quite well against. Derby, are the sort of team that don't score a lot of goals, had one of the best defensive records in the Championship last year. Mm. A lot of ex-Premier League experience, and I do wonder whether them being an older, slower more resolute team, they were the sort of team that was nice rush to get back into, where there was some familiarity there, where there was, yeah, like you said, a lack of pace and energy within Scott, and whether maybe when we come up against some of the more energetic, younger sides, it's going to come out that way. That might be total. I mean, it might just be that I haven't looked at the championship squads in depth, that I haven't watched a lot of the league, and that Derby, who are, what, seventh or eight favourites for the title are actually reflective of the fact it is a league that we're going to be stronger in, but I do wonder whether Huddleston, Johnson they're the sort of players that we we look good against, that we see playing against, mm. and I think that's going to be an interesting thing to look for, I mean Norwich's team I don't know a great deal about, they've brought in a lot of foreign players that haven't played in England before but it's going to be interesting to see whether this Derby game's reflective of the fact that our squad's better than we've credit for or whether Derby were just an older team that we matched up well against in the open day of the season when no one really knows where anyone stands. Interesting. That is a, that is a really interesting concept, actually.
1: I, I kind of, I can see where you're coming from here. I'm personally of the train of thought that Grayson was aware of the fragility of the team. And I, I, but I do think at the same time, I, I think that a stronger manager perhaps would have made the effort, you know, when we're talking about, we don't know how is gonna do in, at this level, well, he should be doing well at this level, and, and realistically, the amount of time that Grayson spent with him, he should know that he'll be doing well at this level, but I'm still of the train of thought that he was um he was wary because he didn't want to lose, and there was that there's that huge risk, isn't there? And I think that's something that was perhaps wrong about Moyes because Moyes had this ego about him, and he he sometimes put himself as across as the sort of person who would try and force a victory in games. You know what I mean? And he, he'd make wholesale changes sometimes. Something he'd leave it until ten minutes, but none of none that of he did seem to be. Um, It didn't ever seem to be tactically appropriate to the to the situation he was in, and it was interesting watching that because I I could just imagine when I was looking at Grayson. I mean, Grayson, we mentioned it already in a couple of articles, but Grayson's face when their goal went in, it was it was incredible. Really, it was like a seething, wasn't it? Yeah, he was absolutely seething. He was gutted. Absolutely Mm -hmm. gutted. And that was good to see. That was good to see. Yeah. It it was good. And it it was a similar thing when we scored at the other end. Do you know what I mean? There was elation and joy. And you would expect that from managers. But instead of like, again, we can only really compare him to our last few managers. But even Allardyce wasn't, he never looked that gutted. He never looked that distraught. Maybe that's because he's a better manager. I don't know. But the reality is that when Grayson had that look on his face, like he shared it with everybody. He shared it with everything. Every single Sunday fan Go on.
4: I'd say that was because he sees us as a challenge and he's honoured to be in a team like us, whereas our other managers, apart from, I'd say, Poiet, um, they seem to be, think they were doing us a favour, mm. and it was like, well, if you lose, it's not really my fault. They didn't, like, they didn't give a shit, mm. like, admittedly, because they, well, Morris was a prick, Allardyce knew, if he left, he could get something better, and he did. Mm. Um, Advocate was like, well, he was wondering why he was here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Grayson, it's refreshing to see that he, he's as much as part of this team, as all the players. he, Kicks every ball. He said. He said after he, in his press conference that he felt absolutely shattered because mm. he was kicking every ball and he was just so involved in it. And when we did concede, yeah, he was seeing. But the first thing he was doing was cajoling all these players, telling them keep your heads up. Mm. Like we're not, we're not being that team from last season, and we're not going to have a debacle like we had against Celtic. He's like, we've got to get back into this because we are better than, than you know, we are better than these some a lot of these teams in this league, and we've got to start acting like that. that I mean like I mean, I mean, it, we're very 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 early on but we've yeah. got to have this mindset that we are better than these these other teams well I mean you talk about Celtic as well that's probably a lot to do with the well his
1: hesitancy to bring anyone on to change any kind yeah. of balance and particularly I mean we're saying that McGeady was knackered by the end and he was but if you'll also note that it was in the last few minutes that we had some better chances and mm-hmm. then the, we still so it wasn't as if he didn't make the changes, and we were pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. He didn't make the changes. There was the odd slip, but there'd been that in the first half anyway, when everybody had fresh legs. And towards the end of the game, we were still dominating. So I, I don't—it's six and two threes, really. I think I don't think he did anything wrong in particular, and um, I'm not entirely sure that it was the best thing to do. But at the end of the day, we came out with the point, so that's that's something to start us off.
3: I'm, I'm impressed with his. um <clears throat> with his post-match uh, press conference as well, his comments, saying it's a slow process, but we've got to take positive steps. And it's, he pointed out he hasn't got a magic wand, and he's learning on the job as well. He's learning about this squad. Yeah. So I think it's, it's crucial just to give him time to work and not to question him too much. I think one of the lads said earlier, give him give him a couple of passes early on because he's he's still figuring his way out around the Sunderland dressing room, around the stadium light, and he just needs a bit of time, I think.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, as was he said earlier, it's... He is very much desiring to be part of this. It is an honour for him, and that's what we were looking for all along. It's what we've all been saying for a long time. I mean, it's what he says about the players. He wants the players to come in that actually want to be there, that actually want to play for the club. It just so happens that that's very convenient because we can't afford to pay anybody who doesn't want to be at the club, but <laughs> that, that's fine too. That works both <laughs> ways. So, yeah, it, it does fit into what we need. But it, it was great to see that. And it is, in a way, it's considering that... Of the managers that were just mentioned, I mean, how many of them were actually top quality managers? I mean, Advocate maybe Allardyce for me personally certainly a top quality. Ad, manager. Uh, yeah, I agree, agree with Allardyce. Mm. And, and this is it. That's so, so, so what, so what was. We were doing. Was, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't even consider him. That's how pathetic his fucking CV is to me <laughs> now. I didn't. He didn't even cross my mind there. But um, yeah, with that in mind, how how many journeyman managers have we had so basically people of the same level as Grayson have we had and we've given them six months nine months or whatever to learn their trade essentially or learn their place and earn their spot with the team who haven't felt as passionate I mean we can certainly say I felt passionate but he's passionate when he sleeps do you know what I mean so it's (laughs) it's, it's just it's it's just it's a a nut but um, yeah so um, I think that's a really good thing I think that's a, a, a good thing we can take that he was very passionate very into the game and hopefully he won't we didn't see any of that sort of feeling sorry for himself, like oh I knew better, I knew she- I knew I should have done this. You know, if they just listened to me, it would have been. I don't think it's so like that. And I think what we will see is if we lose any losses in the near future, which we undoubtedly will, because that's just the way it works. Uh, I think after that, I'm expecting from Grayson a kind of. Some blame. I'm expecting him to shoulder the, a lot of the blame. I am kind of expecting him to protect his players and shelter them in the way that Moyes didn't. I, I think we'll see great things from that. But
0: talking, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that you'll try and shelter his players. Mm. Cause here, like reading and, and, and listening to like, players that have played under him in the past and, and opinions on him and, and um, Preston fans talking about him. That you know, that on the whole, the squads that he's had, um, oh. they love him. You know, he's he's one of these managers he likes he likes to, to like get in there with the lads and he likes to try and be part of them and you know, he he wants he wants to build some sort of uh, he wants to build a feel good atmosphere in the place. Mm-hmm. Um and i mean all we can compare him with him mean, in is, is is the absolute clusterfuck that was David Moyes, which couldn't have been, you know, any any more different. Mm-hmm. You know, the man was just so negged from the outset. So let's hope um he can continue to be positive. And if, I think we're all behind him, aren't we? You know, that everyone seems to be pulling together for once. So if we, you know, get, get a few more positive results, like uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm fairly optimistic and certainly more optimistic than I was before Friday. Uh,
1: it's easy to be. Yeah, it's also, it is nice as well. To... But it's, well, as we
0: it... said before, like how, how bad has it been that like a one, one draw with Derby and we're all positive. You
4: know, like, it's, it's, more, it's more than that. It's more than that. Yeah. It's... It's been able to it's to enjoy a game of football that you know yeah. they're trying I mean, and they know they're, they're committed to it. I mean what we watched last season is just a bunch of a bunch of footballers who could not give less of a shit mm. playing for us. And now I mean, these these new lads we've brought in, they all see they all see us as an opportunity. James, like I'm willing James Warren to score his goal because you can tell this is the biggest Obviously, apart from when he was at Everton, but well, this is the biggest move of his career. He never thought he'd be playing for Sunderland when he signed for Barry, like like a season season after. And we didn't have that last year. We didn't have players that like really cared. And now we seem seem to again. We're reading a lot into one game of football. But, I mean, even even like Jason Steele, he's probably going to get dropped to, like pretty soon. But you can tell how much he really wants to do well here because. He's local, and again, from another player, he thought suddenly wouldn't come knocking on his door. Hmm. I mean, it's just so—it's just so refreshing, just you know, just to enjoy it for a change.
1: Well, see, can I interject? Uh, sorry, before you go, before you say anything, Copley. Just to interject for a second, when you say about Steele and uh, he's likely to be dropped soon, and uh, you're yeah. talking about his passion, I'd like be wanting to be here, even if it's not passion. But you, does anyone recall the? Um, it was the preseason game where um, our other. Goalkeeper, I can't even remember his name now, his name's completely gone. Yeah, there we go, completely gone from me. Yeah, And after the match, he ran over to his girlfriend in the stands, and then he he seemed like, he all seemed very like, oh god, I can't believe I I might have got a contract. So he seemed chuffed, but at the time, he seemed like a far better keeper. But I mean... I think it's just
4: because he was, I don't think he got thrown straight in, because he only signed like on Wednesday, Mm. and Grayson said he hadn't trained for a week, so...
2: So
3: well, I, I imagine you it will it probably play against Bury. Sorry, what were you going to say, Copley? Carry on, mate. Sorry. The thing is, with Steele, if Grayson's going to pay a £500,000 fee from, and give him the number one shirt, then he, he's he got to kind of back him in the early games until he does make maybe a game-changing mistake and right gets the opportunity to force a win. What I will say, though, is that it's nice to have positivity, as the lads have said, especially after last year and Moise's dourness and losing every week, it is it is nice to see everybody pulling in the direction. And even though the stadium wasn't full, there was kind of like a, a positivity and a, a bit more of an upbeat feel and contrast that with last season. I think it just shows how in the shit we are because we've come to the championship and a couple of positive signings. And signings that haven't cost the earth and they're not the best players in the world, but because they want to be here and because they're working hard for the shirt, and they see the club as a step up, then it's it's kind of,
2: the the positivity's permeated the club, and it's just, it's nice to sit. nice, isn't it? Mm. This is my first time on the pod in a while, actually. It's my first time since Grayson's appointed. When we appointed him, and I found out Ellis Short was staying on for another year, I was absolutely gutted. More so with Short than with Grayson, but I'm still very, very sceptical as to what's going on here. Every permanent signing we've made is 29 and over. Mm. So I kind of wonder what is the end game here. Bain said he was going to bring in younger players to try and sell them on for a profit. Maybe that was idealistic. Maybe he didn't realise quite how bad a situation the club was in. Maybe we've had to adapt a bit. But I do sort of wonder what's happening here. Mm. We've brought in a championship journeyman manager to take over a limited squad. We're 11 favourites for promotion this season. And I do just sort of wonder whether we have just entered into mediocrity here. I think with Grayson, any fears of League One are gone. Any fears of the absolute worst happening this season are gone. But I do worry that in appointing a uh, journeyman manager who's think, never received promotion in this league. Journeyman's pretty harsh. I think at this level, I think at this level that's absolutely what he is. Every well, time we could argue he's on his wheel. Yeah. Really? Really? Every time Preston fans job. are getting fed up with him. Yeah, Every I don't time think
3: <laughs> Preston fans were good at he went. Let's let's be real here. Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd agree that there were again. Complaints I about
2: the style of football. I, I, oh, every, every, that oh, I hate that argument. argument. All right,
1: let's yeah, know, let's every, every all the time. Action.
2: Anything okay. more than staying up's been expected of him in the championship. He's been sacked. Huddersfield didn't rate him. Leeds didn't rate him. He left Blackpool and he's left Preston, where they had no aspirations of ever going higher than when they were. What he did at Preston was transformative and impressive. But I do worry that we've hired somebody that has no record of being able to launch successful promotion campaigns in this division. And that we're just moving towards mediocrity. That we're sort of signing ourselves in to become... I worry that he's signing old players to win now. That it mightn't be good enough for the playoffs. And that we could just start a downward scale towards becoming an relevant championship team. My biggest fear is suddenly becoming Ipswich. In going for Grayson, when we could have bought a young manager like Heckingbottom, like Johnson, someone else in the league for a similar price, who, let's say, maybe the basement's lower, but there's also a higher ceiling there that's more likely to invest in young players, I do feel it was a mistake. And I do worry. Maybe I'm wrong. Derby were supposed to finish eighth this year. Maybe we are going to move up. Maybe we are on our way to better things. Maybe I overestimated how good the championship is. But I am also concerned with what the club's doing, the direction it's going in, and what happens from here. So, wait and see. But I'm not well, sure it's all races. For well,
4: I wouldn't say it's going to be, you know, all fun and games. But I don't, he's not taken over a club like us before. Every team that he's had in the championship, he's either got them out of League One and then has to build them again to like take another step up. I mean... It's not that it's not guaranteed that you just bounce up leagues. I mean, I know Southampton and Leicester have done it, but just to get a team like Leeds up, who was floundering in League One, to get them up and try up again is a massive ask. Whereas he's been parachuted into a team that has the basis of being a top half championship team anyway, and makes a few additions to that. To say he's a bit of a journeyman, I think pretty harsh i mean he's moved this is a step up in his career and that must uh, whoever hired him bain or short they've seen the work he's done at these other clubs and the success he's had and thought well with a bit more with a bit of a group of better players then maybe he can get us into the playoffs i mean we're all based again we're basing this all on one game and i might be proved wrong but i i think it's a de- decent appointment i mean i've and when you say bring in someone like Heckingbottom, like, what's he ever done? I mean, I know he's young, but just because he's young doesn't mean he's going to do anything. I
2: totally agree. The, on. one thing, the one thing I'd say back to that is I think you're underestimating how good that Leeds team was with Snodgrass, Gradle, and Johnson, Becchio. I thought Leeds team, at the time that he left it, was set up well for
4: promotion. I think he was part of the problem rather than the solution there. I think they had to sell back. all three of them. They had to sell them all. They all ended up selling them all to Norwich. So, so the were tied anyway.
2: Was he still there when they were sold? Or was he I
4: do not. I do not know.
2: <laughs> well, let no, me jump in, well,
1: let, well, let me jump in. Um, for my part, I can I can completely see where Jimmy's coming from. Like there There is that hesitancy. And not every Sunderland fan was happy to see Grayson come in. In fact, there were quite a few who were a bit gutted. I think in general, a lot of fans were deflated anyway because we were all expecting this huge scale change because we were taunted with, uh, for a start, a manager that we we all then did a lot of research on and we got really excited about, and then we were really excited about a takeover, so we just going, everything was going to change, but then it didn't change and we ended up, it see it does I can see what it means, it seems like we ended up settling for a for like a, a conting- a contingency plan and if you settle for a contingency plan and move forward with the contingency plan, then obviously things aren't going to be as good as you would make them out to be, you've still got to make out like it was our great plan to bring in Grayson and he was the right man for the job and all these players that we brought in, we brought them in deliberately because you have to sell season tickets, but in Inevitably, that's it. a lot of it's just lip service, isn't it? So I, I think I think Martin Bain and Ellis Short knew when Grayson came in that he was a bit of an unknown quantity. To be honest, I think that's why it's so important that we will we watch him, that we study him during this very early stage in the season, and that we take take as much as we can get from games. Do you know what I mean? So so we can really make a, an educated sort of opinion on the guy, I suppose. Um, but. Talking about just for a second on what Jimmy was saying about not bringing it like Bain not bringing in young players and that. I mean he did. This is the thing. He did bring in young players. He brought them in under Moyes, but he brought in young players. We got Dong. We got McNair. We got uh, did Martial come in under him as well? We got um, Asoro came in under him. Or who else? There's more. Um, so so we do have young players coming in. Whether or not they're, they've got any resale value is, of course, a completely different story. So whether he's he's bought well in that regard. But we have brought in at least half a dozen young lads. And we can't use them. We can't blood them as quickly as we'd like and like stick all of them straight in this level. Because we were expecting a very physical championship season. Um, so that, again, would come with the old heads that have been brought in. But I think eventually we just sort of have to accept the obvious to be honest with you, which is that we don't have any money, and I I don't think it's a good thing. But at the same thing, at the same time, it wouldn't be good if Grayson threw his arms up in the air and went, "Oh, we've got my money. That's it. I can't work like this," and stormed out. So uh, do you know, there are things that you can take from it, the positives that you can take from it. We just have to be realistic about what we what we've got on the table, what we what they're bringing, and.
3: All we can do is hope, I suppose, but I do completely understand both sides of that argument, to be honest. I think we're underestimating as well that the job Grayson's done just in just in the past week. Morale was on the floor. We got beat 5-0 by Celtic in a joke of a match to satisfy some sponsors in what was supposed to be the 20th anniversary of the stadium light. We then had the Darren Gibson debacle and everybody's thinking, you know, how bad is the rot here? Is Grayson going to be powerless? And he's managed to turn them around and get them playing as a unit on the field. And I think that's quite... Quite impressive following the chaotic week that he had before. Let's talk about Darren Gibson, shall we? Because we haven't had a chance to do so on pod.
1: We we didn't really discuss it. So, um, Darren Gibson, for those of you who missed it, uh, I'm not sure there are many of you, but for those of you who did miss it, he was filmed at a pub on the night of the Celtic thrashing. What What shall force... Ugh forever be known as the Celtic incident. Yeah, he was caught absolutely wasted, pissed out of his head, being hit with some very leading, admittedly, very leading questions from some Sunderland fans. But, I, I, I mean, who wants to who wants to take this question? I'll, I'll give it to you, James. What do you make of that whole Darren Gibson thing? That was good or bad? I mean, is he... Is he well, it's, is he t- it's, it's terrible. Like, I it's mean,
0: I, I don't think any of us could disagree with actually what he said because, like, he said there's too many players at the club that don't give a shit. And I would completely agree with that. He's one of them. Mm. He was the one who was out there off his face at the Ramside, um, just after we got absolutely battered. And as Copley said, it was an absolute farce of a fixture. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd like to, I I wouldn't like, I, the lack of professionalism shown by him is, is, is quite staggering, really. I mean, it's the fact that he's, his career's been on the, on the turn for years now and he's at a club that have, paid some money for him, he's got a good opportunity to try and take his career forward and after we go and get B 5 nil, he's out, you know, getting smashed and talking to Sunderland fans mm. and you just think, what he said was, was probably quite spot on but he, uh, I, I I hope he was dealt with very, very severely um, I, th- I think the bloke's, bloke's a bit of a disgrace if I'm honest, I really do Well
1: for me, I, I was I, I feel the same, I mean personally I was sacked him I'd have sacked him. Yeah, I, I can completely see like people say like, well, he was right. Do you know what I mean? He's, he, he, there were some truth bombs dropped by Gibson that night. He and they were leading questions, but I, oh, God, I couldn't stand that. I couldn't stomach that. that for me, I mean, I would probably I, I, this is probably one of the main reasons. I'm or one of the main reasons, one of a thousand reasons I'm not a football manager. Um, I, would, I always like to think that I'd be very strict on my players. If that was actually a, down to me, I would maintain discipline because that's something that I is was very important. If they, because things like that just take the piss. They they completely undermine everything that you're doing, everything that the team is doing. I mean, we took um, the amount of stick that managers get from fans when managers come out and say, "Oh, well, this player's done that, and this player's done that." I'm not happy with this player. it's oh, you can't do that. You can't do that because you're just shattering their confidence. I mean, how bad must it be when one of the most experienced players on your team? If not the most experienced Sunderland player, one of the most experienced players on your team, when you've got quite a few young lads in the team, and you're all expected to look up to this bloke, and this is what he's like on camera, pissed out of his head after a five-nil match in which he did pretty much fuck all, and <laughs> he's slagging everybody off. Do you think I want us to be shit? He says. Like, well, no. I expect you to play harder to make sure that doesn't happen. I don't expect you to come out and have a skimful afterwards. And if you did come out five days before one, the start of the season, exactly. And if you did come out and have a skimful afterwards, I expect you to be intelligent enough to not get caught on camera talking about how shit the rest of your teammates are so just in general he he ticks all kinds of bad boxes to be honest so yeah um I'm I would have fired him. I don't think it brings anything to the team. I think it would have sent a very, very powerful message to the Sutherland Dressing Room that perhaps they need in this drinking cup. I mean, obviously, he no one stopped him from doing this. I mean, I don't know if he was pinned by the neck against John O'Shea and goes, no, lad, you can't go out and get drunk. Of course he's not. No one's going to stop him. And I bet you his mates knew he was going out on the lash. I bet you someone did. So there's no real discipline in that dressing room if that's going to happen. I don't care that it was pre season. As you just said, five days before the season. And it's not just the season, it's probably the most important season we've had in 10 years because we're not it's it's like yeah when we're dancing with relegation and just like just about clawing our way back up that's important, that's magical, that's miraculous. But it's not as important as where we are now. Now we're in the Championship, now we've got proof that we were actually worth being in the Premier League by actually going back there again, even with a shit team and with no money. And if we go back now, that will be important. Being in the Premier League for the last 10 years now means nothing. So to have one of your senior players acting like that, uh, it just staggers me. And I'm amazed that all they had to say was, it's being dealt with internally. Like, yeah, okay, what does that mean? Do you know what I mean? Well, what do you
4: I don't think they really tell you. I mean, why do they need to? It's mm. like stuff like that needs to be kept, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah. I found it quite funny, really. Yeah, I um, yeah. <laughs> to have to have one of your players say the words "I'm fully committed to this team." There's no one more committed like me. Absolutely smashed. Mm. Is it's something that kind of summed up our last ten years? It's just how we had a, a wobbling, efficient. a wobbling drunk saying. <laughs> I love this club more than anything. I mean, it sounds like sounds like something I'd do. Um, and then just, <laughs> look, at all, these, look at all these teammates. Shit, well, absolutely. Really it sounds blasted. like something we all it's do. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's like Dream Team or the ultimate whatever.
1: Sunderland fan, really, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I it's was like, like he yeah. contributes absolutely nothing to Sunderland on the pitch Yeah. slag when
4: he's pissed. He's the
1: yeah,
4: ultimate Sunderland fan. Yeah, he's me. That's what I do every <laughs> Saturday. I go watch Sunderland, call them all shite, get really drunk, and then go home. And then, well, I don't offer people out for fights. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a difference. You're on thousands of pounds,
3: though. Yeah, that's
4: yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, true. I can't, to I, me, that's, I can't, that's can't afford to drink in
3: Ramside. That's the say say a disappointing thing, is, that, is the, sh- the sheer hypocrisy of it, that he's in the Ramside, you know, <laughs> battering on about people who don't want to give the role and don't care about the club. And he's, Pissed out of the school, and although it is funny, I agree with you. It's it's frustrating for me as well because if I had the skill set to be a professional footballer to get anywhere near the Sunderland first team, I would work me ass off as hard as possible. If, if if there was even a sniff, and it's just frustrating that he doesn't he doesn't see he doesn't see it as an honour or. A pleasure. Even yeah. he, d- he doesn't even see it as a job. Or clearly, he doesn't even see it as a job that he has to act professionally in because mm. he, he's mm. he's getting pissed six days six days before the season. And mm. you know, we've all been drunk, I'm sure, in this um in this <laughs> in this podcast. You try and train the day after you've had a skinful. You can't. You, it, well, yeah, I can't. No, no, I, I, I don't know about you, and that's going to happen. Not going to affect six days later. What if we'd have needed him in that game? What if Catembol picked up an injury? What if what if Indongan picked up an injury? I just think it was a disgraceful, and I would
4: demo. It would have been nice to see him sucked. It <laughs> would. It would have been interesting to see what the reaction would have been if had he been brought on on Friday. With it all st- and still then, being and a then bit raw,
1: brilliantly that would
3: have been.
4: Yeah, and then scored. I play better yeah. when I'm
1: pissed, right? <laughs> Just like, yeah, the nice.
4: celebration.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes,
4: should have done that. Right. Well, we're running
1: out of time, so we've got a few more things to cover. Let's move on now. Um, well, we've talked a little bit about our players, but let's let's focus specifically on them for a small amount of time. So debuts made, you know, a lot of a lot of new players we had. Obviously, we've spoken about McGeady, uh, but obviously Graban, Vaughan, Galloway, Browning. I mean, someone said that um, Browning not. Very impressed. I'm at Galloway. Not very impressed with Galloway. Galloway. Yeah, not very impressed with Galloway. McGee. We know, we know was But I want to talk about Graban I think Graban was a bit of a handful himself. I mean, it, it, it's his his performance wasn't perfect by any means. And there's a lot, obviously, a lot that he has to do. There has to be a lot more coherence with his teammates. But he seemed committed and he seemed ready, he, he seemed eager for the challenge and things like that. So I, I was, there was just something about the way he was running, his movement around the pitch and I mean, that penalty was quite decent. Carlton also nearly got to that, by the way, which was like terrifying to me. Nearly got to that penalty. I'm, I'm sure he go off his fingers just before it went in and I was just like, oh, that would be typical if we'd missed like the last three penalties we'd taken. But um, yeah, for me, Graban, I, I thought he was a, he, he did well. Vaughan, I'm still not impressed with. Uh, I think, He's just running around. There's He's no real outlet. I mean, people have said already that he's like a version of Aldo, which is not what you want to be, really. Unless we can swap him for someone similar to Defoe, then it doesn't really serve us much purpose at the moment. I know there's still still time in the transfer window, but from all accounts, we've got no money. I mean, we've got a couple of names being bandied about. What was it? Uh, McCormack on loan. And um, who else was it we were looking at? Hugel, I think. Hugel, Waghorn as well. Elphick, centre back. Mm. So, I mean, of what we've got... I'll hit you with this one, Wall Of what we've got, what do you think we need when you look at the
4: way the new player's played? Um, well, I'd say we'd need... We'd, well, obviously, we definitely need another striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just just to kind of take the heat off uh, Vaughan for a bit uh, and say po- possibly another left-back, depending on when Oviedo's going to be fit again, because Galloway, I mean, I saw him... I was talking about Hibbs game in pre-season. He got taunted bits there. And he, he just seemed to be so miles out of miles out of position for uh, the goal and just got easily turned by uh, Johnny Russell. Uh, so full-back, we oh, obviously definitely need another centre-back because I assume I can't see why they keep hold the Kone if they can get any, like, say, 10 million for him. I think he for that. Um, he did very. He, I thought he played quite well on uh, Friday night, but there's that there's is that issue. I reckon some Premier League teams is going to start off quite rich, panic, and then just give us ten million and then and then take Coney off our hands, which I think will probably be the best for all concerned. Mm-hmm. And a, 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 in an ideal world, another attacking midfielder, because I don't want to I don't want to just go into this season. Uh, well, Bedi Bedi not going to. Well, he's going to get knocks or whatever mm. but then our other two options are Kazri and uh, Honeyman while well, Watmore's still injured uh, Kasri's probably going to get sold, mm. I, I, well I imagine so, so another another either that number 10 role or another one to play out wide to support um, Bourne and Graben
2: Yeah I think that's pretty much spot on to be honest um, Kone, yeah you'd assume he's getting sold you, you just have to pray someone's stupid enough to buy him You just have to pray someone thinks there's value in him. I think Ben Gibson's probably the quality centre-half on the market, so we need someone to take him, to sit on their top targets and get desperate and sign him. I mean, if West Ham go for him, that is sheer madness, but I really hope they do. So, yeah, obviously he'd he'd need replacing. I don't think Browning was particularly good. I feel as if with Browning and Galloway, Galloway's a good footballer, and Browning's a good defender. If you could combine the two, Hmm. there's a good championship player there. Instead, what we've got is two average ones. So, yeah, that would be a big one. Like Walsh, said, number 10. I mean, McCormack, I think, can play off another striker. So I would wonder if that might be the role we're looking for him for, or maybe he's going to be our number nine. But you'd imagine, yeah, another central striker, another attacking midfielder, at least one centre-back, assuming Kone goes. And like like Walsh, I think Kazri's probably going too. Hmm. what about you what do you make for all
1: Jimmy? James sorry I call you James now
0: don't I yeah I mean I, <laughs> looking at like the squad I think the players we brought in I, I actually thought I think Browning's better than an average championship player if I'm honest I, I think he's looked pretty solid I think like I agree with he that might have, he might have done a bit better for the first goal but he looks very capable I think um, I think he'll grow into a, into a pretty solid uh, player for us this season I think to say he's an average championship footballer I think that's a bit of an insult to him I'd agree on Galloway, I think he looks maybe quite capable on the ball, but he just looks like um, like a budget version of Van Arnholt, you know, a suspect at the back, and he's but he's not actually going to contribute as much going forward. Um, we're in dire need of a striker. Um, I, I mean, Ross Kumack obviously he seems to be the the one that's who's heavily linked, but with his attitude, I mean, obviously he's had a, he, him and Steve Bruce fallen out a couple of times haven't they mm. couldn't go to training because his gates were locked or something is, is he the kind that was of a, that was a
4: fantastic story that <laughs> <laughs> fantastic
0: is, is is that the kind of player you know we've, we've been talking about we've got this squad that all want to pull together you know build this positive attitude do we want to bring in more players who are making excuses not to go to training because his gates are locked i mean next thing he's going to be in the Ram side with darren gibson you know it's <laughs> we should all go we should all go I can't afford it we need a strikeout we need another wide man uh, I hope we can keep a hold of Kaz I think he'll be, be an asset in this league but if, if he does go um, they, we're going to have to bring in probably two wide men because as someone alluded to previously McGeeley does have has had some injury troubles in his career um, what more we're almost uncertain of because it's, it's such a serious injury he's coming back from Hope he hits the ground running. But to be honest, we're gonna, we are gonna we can't put too much pressure on the lad. I mean, he's probably not going to be fully fit, really, until November. Well, you talking, know, coming back... He, talking about you know, it, to be
1: honest, bringing up more. we've got another question um, on Twitter, Stephen Barker. Where do you see Watmore playing when fit, out wide or through the middle? Personally, we'd like to see him
3: go through the middle. So I'll fire that at you, Copley. What do you make of it? It depends on which Watmore returns, because he relies so much on his pace and the injury... The injury he's had's a pretty bad one. So how how much will his pace be affected? Um, I hope not to too much, obviously, because it's one of his his main assets. But I think the play in the centre, he needs to improve his finishing, and he needs to develop a, a better first touch. I think if he's if he's to play down the middle, I personally would would play play him on the wing. Um, maybe if he was fit, you would have started him over Honeyman. Um, and he can use his pace to to kind of panic defences and and drive it, drive at the fullback and create some space for the, for the guys in the centre. So I would play him on the wing. Yeah, personally, I'm I'm looking well, I'm looking forward to the return.
1: The return of Duncan Wattmore.
3: Um, I, I think
1: similarly, as you say, we can't put too much pressure on him. I think there there was a lot of uh, like a big furor around what more when he. So he, people would say burst on the scene. But there's a lot of that to the pace. Uh, it, was, it was something we were missing at the stadium life for a long time. So when a pacey player came into the team and he even just a, a, a winger who could outrun a fullback was something that we were all going, oh, look at that. Look at him go. But I mean, there, there was a massive, a couple of massive, massive issues really with them. Um, with more which were not anything that couldn't be changed, but it was always just that he, he always kept his head down. It was I, like I mean, I think they dubbed him Roadrunner, didn't they? But he he spent so much time focusing on just keeping his legs pumping that often he would miss a pass or he'd miss the opportunity to shoot. And that's something that I hope we get if he comes back. And if he if he comes back like that, I want him on the wing. Like I end every day of the week, if he considering he has an ability to cut inside as well, I would love to see him on the wing. I, I think he'd be wasted in the center with pace like that, and I don't think he's. I don't think he's tricky enough to go through two centre-backs. So I, I don't think that would that would work for him. So,
3: yeah, for my part, when he comes back, if he can keep his head up after playing on the wing, We're going to have to be patient with him as well because it's quite a bad injury he's had. So if we're expecting Duncan Watmore to just turn up and instantly light up the stadium I light, I think it's going to be, uh, well, we can't place, you know, too much of an unrealistic expectation on his shoulders. we have to give him a bit of time to get back to fully fitness because it was a, a bad injury.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, good luck to him, I suppose. But We need as many reinforcements as we can possibly get. Um We'll be moving on very briefly, and then we'll be ending this because, unfortunately, as lovely as it is to speak to you all and as much time as we could spend, we can't feasibly do that because we have things to do. I mean, I could sit here all night, and you'd probably listen to me, bless you. But, yeah, we've got... um we're going to ignore Burry because we've already spoken about them before on Roker Report. Uh, we have got that game coming up first. That'll be on Thursday on the horribly named Carrow Cup. Um, some cheap energy drink. I don't know where it's from. Is it from like Thai or something like that? That's horrible. I hate the way they do that. I hate the way ugh, I hate the way they sell out naming rights to things. That's how you end up with shit stadiums and shit cup names and things like that. But whatever. Carole,
0: stadium. Yeah. But we've God. got the post.
1: Oh, it's, oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm going to pass you on to Tom for a moment. We're going to talk about the Norwich game. Uh, because technically speaking, that's really the most important thing we've got coming up. So, Tom,
4: Nor-
1: Norwich. tell me about
4: East Anglia. New manager had a Alan bit of a kick off. Alan Partridge. <laughs> Norwich has six theatres and only and one of only two puppet theatres in the country. So, Ooh, that's something for you today. There do. you go. Um,
3: Every day's a school day. All yeah, right? exactly.
4: <laughs> do, you want, do you want more. Yeah, <laughs> want more. Yeah, yeah, hit me. Do more. it. Do it. Norwich Market, the largest open air market in the UK. How yeah, oh, that? Inhabitants. Inhabitants of Norwich used to boast that it had a pub for every day of the year. It oh, now does God. not. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Gibson, here we go. Yeah. Um yeah, they got that new they're going down that Huddersfield route of uh, employing Dortmund's reserve team manager and hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. They brought they brought in a, a raft of players from, uh, from Germania and they've sold that one of the Mur- what did he called? Murphy? One of the Murphy's brothers have gone to Newcastle, and the Norwich fan that I know, they said, "Douche." have essentially bought the wrong brother; that his other brother is better. Um, they had a credible one-one draw with Fulham away at the weekend. Who uh, Fulham are probably going to be up there. I'd imagine Norwich are going to challenge as well. I reckon they'd be in and around the playoffs. Um, Carrow Road—we're not really great down there. It's—it's a—it's a big long trip actually for considering we've got Barry on the Thursday and then again on the sun and the game on the Sunday so yeah I mean that's going to be a bit of the acid test uh, of where we're going to go this season. It's another hard trip and hopefully we'll do the business and we we'll, come back next week four points in. In the playoffs, and in the that, second round of the EFL Cup. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I suppose the
1: Carabao Cup. It it seems less and less shit the further on we go through it. I imagine if we get to the finals or something like that, I'll be like super duper excited about it. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we, I mean, it
0: was so good last time, wasn't it? I mean, any 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 time we can take over uh Covent Garden, we'd last time. Oh, so oh, bring nice it on. We'll,
1: all right, so let's wrap it up then. What do you what do you make of the Norwich game, James?
0: Um, how do you reckon we're going to fare? Uh, to be honest, I have absolutely no idea because <laughs> I, I, I I I we we don't know if if Derby's a good yardstick to go on. Mm. If we hopefully we perform as well as we did. Hopefully there's a couple of extra bodies in as well. Um, you know, I'd I'd like to see uh hopefully Maji will be fit by then. It'd be nice to have have another option to play up top and he's got he looks a hell of a player. I right? think he's got a hell of a touch and he's really quick, so you know what, It's it was, with Norwich are an unknown quantity this season, so are we. Hopefully we can just go down and give a good account of ourselves and um, that's about it really. I'm going to go, I think, yeah, well for Norwich I think
3: we could be looking at another draw again. Both teams, kind of new managers feeling feeling the way through the league. So I'm, I'm going to go for a draw, but hopefully we'll beat Bury midweek cause, and hopefully Vaughan scores because Grayson and Vaughan need a bit of confidence that first win would do us the World
2: what do you make for it, Jimmy? I hate doing this, but I'm going to sit on the fence as well. I hate it. doing this. <laughs> I never do this, but I know nothing about Norwich, so I'm going to sit on the fence and say one or draw. That's a bit too fucking optimistic for you, isn't it? Christ. I know, I know. good to <laughs> <you>? me.
1: <laughs> right, fair enough. Well, uh, for my own point, I, I think we're going to beat them, actually. I've got some I've got, yes. some, yeah, got some. good feelings. They, yeah, screw them. They're uh, just as bad as we are, so <laughs> it's 50-50 chance. Right, well, that's all we have time for today, my friends, but be sure to tune in to next week's episode where we'll be chatting about these two clashes in the shitty Carabao Cup and Leeds against Norwich. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Acast and check rockreport.com for some brilliant daily content from our writers. This is The report. signing off.